Ryan, you don't want me muted, right? There we go. All right. Good morning, everyone. Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I just thank you so very much for this day. Thank you for this time to be in your house. Lord, I pray that uh, those who are not able to be here, Lord, physically can still be here uh, passionately and spiritually here with us, Lord. I just thank you so very much for superintending this service. Lord, I just pray that uh, I be the right vessel for you today as you pour out your message over your beautiful your family. Lord, I just ask that you uh, give us guidance and wisdom on how to uh, read through your piece of poetry today, Lord, and uh, I just pray that this message can be a blessing to everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaac, Joe, and Jim and I came up with a great idea that a bunch of guys should talk about poetry. Really? Join me in Psalm 32. What I realize is that um, I'm a big fan of David of the Bible, um, and uh, the reason why I said, yeah, we could do Psalms is because David wrote a whole bunch of them. So, um, Again, this one is by David. Let me read through this whole psalm, and then I want to give you some background and some history on this. Psalm 32 of David Amaskell. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. Your strength was sapped, my strength was sapped as the heat of summer. When I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from the troubles and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like a horse or a mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many of the woes of the wicked... But the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you are upright in heart. So like I said, uh, Psalm 32 is written by David. It's considered to be one of what they call the penitential psalms. So um, it's along with Psalm 51, which oddly enough I selected to preach on in September. So uh, the penitential psalms are described as a book 
or a set of church rules concerning Christian sacraments of penance, a new manner of reconciling with God. So, this is getting right with God. The psalm is also called a maskal, and in my, uh, in my studying, I learned that it means that it is a, a contemplative poem or a, a psalm of understanding, a skillful in psalms. So um, the other piece that I, that I noticed in, in working through was this psalm is set up in a creative way. Uh, I, I refer to it as that it's being broken down into two doublets. Okay, so it's going to, you're going to see this pattern go through. Um, the doublets become results, resistance, response. And then it does it again. It says results, resistance, response. So those of you who like to take notes, so um, results is going to be verses 1 and 2. Resistance is 3 and 4. Responses is 5. And then it, it does the same pattern again, the doublet. So results is 6 and 7. Resistance is 8 and 9, and response is 10 and 11. So let's work through that. The, the quote I had, or the sermon that I had Joe read this morning um, was uh, from Romans, was where Paul quotes Psalm 32 in Romans. Uh, as we read earlier, uh, when making a case for the fact that righteousness cannot be earned, but must be based on faith. Let's work through this, this beautiful piece of poetry together. So remember, results, resistance, response. So the results. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and whose spirit is no deceit. Notice that David is in a good mood to start one of his psalms for the first time in a long time. Normally, David's in a bad mood or spirit is crushed, but here he starts out really excited. Blessed. Uh, similar to those of the Beatitudes, right? Uh, it's the way the Beatitudes in Matthew starts. So start with a blessed. But he's still focusing on sin, right? He focuses on transgressions. Sin and the spirit is no deceit, right? These are all focusing on sin. The piece that got me was uh, that the transgressions are, covered, are forgiven and the sin are covered. Those of you who uh, joined us in Sunday school over the years, Joe preached in, in uh, Hebrews about an acronym called LIT, L-I-T, Limited Access, Imperfect sacrifice and a temporary covering, right? Back in David's day, the, the sacrifices were made daily at the tabernacle and then soon to be at the, uh, at the temple because they had limited access. They did not have full access to God. That, uh, they had to keep sacrificing daily because that sacrifice was never going to be the right and good enough sacrifice. And the covering of that blood was just temporary. So, the results. The resistance. Now, when you hear in, in, this, in this phrases, listen to how, how we resist. 
When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Right? So, when I kept silence. What does he mean by when he kept silence? How do we keep silent from God? We are not in communion. How are we supposed to be in communion? We're supposed to be praying to him and, and, in, and in fellowship with him daily. So when you are not in fellowship, when you are resisting that fellowship, bones are wasted away, heavy-handed upon me, strength sapped like the heat of summer. Right? It's, it's cooler out right now, but earlier in this month, we knew what the heat of summer felt like. And you had your energy completely sapped. You could almost think of these as illnesses. Because when we are not in communion with God, we should be sick to our stomach. Right? You, your bones feel wasted away. You are heavy-handed upon me. He, he doesn't mean uh, that, that you're getting uh, scolded or swatted. But have you ever had those burdens on you where all of a sudden you feel the hand of God is just squishing you? holding you in place, right? So David says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as the heat of the summer. So what should our response be? Remember, results, resistance, response. Verse 5. Then... I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You do this through prayer. I acknowledge the sin, and I will confess to the Lord. God's response is to forgive the guilt of sin. God already knows what we have done to separate us. He wants our response to seek him always. When we turn around and say, wait, we need to confess our sins, go to him. He is then, what does it say? He's forgive the guilt of our sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you. Oh, that's that's verse six. Right. But my transgressions to the Lord and he forgave the guilt of my sin. What is the guilt of our sin? Guilt of our sin should be death. Right? We should be completely and permanently separated from God. But he, is, he has solved that for us. He has brought Jesus here. He has paid that price. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So remember that this is broken down into what I call two doublets. Right? So he's going to start that same pattern over again. David likes patterns. It's lucky because I'm David and I like patterns too. All right. So verses 6 and 7, we're back to results again. So verse 6, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Doesn't that sound sweet? Songs of deliverance. All who are godly need to pray. Amen to that statement. Waters will not rise and reach you. Remember that David lived in the times where the story of the great flood in Noah 
and the parting of the Red Sea would have been pretty common knowledge and discussed pretty openly. So, so might he have had a, uh, that as his focus when he says, um, uh, surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. David's also a man who knows how to hide. Look at the next statement. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Remember that for a while before he took over the kingship, Saul was after David, and David learned to go and with his men and hide in caves, running from Saul and his huge army whose mission was to go after David. Songs are surrounded with songs of deliverance. Many of these psalms have been converted into songs that we sing, and David has been credited as a uh, great musician, right? We read about this back in First uh, and Second Samuel, where Saul actually hires him to come and play his harp to put Saul's uh, mind at ease. So David's going to reflect on this, that, that before, or therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you. While you may be found, surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from troubles and surround me with songs of deliverance. When I read that one, that, that verse 7, you are my hiding place. I think of, uh, of kind of your prayer closet, right, where you can go and hide with God. You can go and be with God, and he is going to protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Doesn't that sound what happens when you're praying? Remember, results, resistance, response. So now we're in resistance. See if you hear the resistance in this. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like a horse or a mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and bridle or they will not come to you. Did you hear the, res- the resistance? Um, we have a uh, brand new addition to our house. I have a, uh, I think she's 11-week-old puppy dog right now. Um, and she still hasn't learned her name, the name that we changed it to. Um, so um, often uh, I feel as though she's... Um, it, like it refers here, the, the horse or the mule that has no understanding, it must be controlled by bit or bridle or leash, right? And as I'm playing tug-of-war, I brought the puppy dog over to the uh, uh, Buckner house yesterday to, to go show her off, and she had no interest and just kept backing away, and I'm tugging on the leash, and, right? So that whole resistance, that, that, that's a really um, solid imagery for me. So in the Bible, it says, do not be like the mule or the horse who need to be controlled by bit and bridle. Basically, it's talking about following instructions. If you follow God's instructions, and earlier, what did it say in in verse 6? It says, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray. So there's your instructions right there. It also says earlier that that you were to confess. So these are the instructions. So, So we are intelligent people. Um, it, not like the horse or the mule who have no understanding and must be controlled by the bit and bridle. This is the opportunity for us to know and love God and to go after him and to have that communion with him. 
So results, resistance, response, verses 10 and 11. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You righteous sing, all who are upright in heart. Shouldn't that be our response? Many woes of the wicked. There's a lot of sin in our world. The woes of the wicked. But the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who, who what? Who trusts in him. Our response should be to trust in him. When? We only trust him when, when things are good. When, when, the, when the garden is, is green, right? When, when the refrigerator is full, when there's gas in the vehicle, when should we be trusting him? We should be trusting him always, right? When you can't figure out how to get the water to the garden, right? You can't figure out how to get the gas into the car so you can't even go to the grocery store to put food in the... Like, that's when we need to be trusting in him. And how does, does trust look? Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. I, I'm jealous of Jim and Norma because they are brave enough to come up here and follow along in uh, Vicky's accompaniment and, and in leading us in singing because singing is my favorite way to worship. Right? But... But when should we be singing? Always, all the time. Right? Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. So there you go. There's Psalm 32. So I often find it, when my issues occur, I order them differently than David did. David ordered them Results, resistance, response. I find that I often put resistance, response, results. When I find troubles, I often resist them. I then come to the Lord in my response, and then I often see the results. David focused this, this psalm, this prayer, differently. He's bragging on what he knows God will already do regardless of our resistance and our response. Because David is a godly man, a man after God's own heart. I am just a stupid old fool, so I often resist, then respond, then see the results. David's focus was first on results. This is because God is faithful and just. He seeks us before we seek him, and he loves unconditionally. Let me say that one again. God seeks us before we seek him because God loves unconditionally. That's the reasoning why we can see David's results first and not resistance first. As a stupid human, I'm going to often resist what I don't feel comfortable with. 
God sees results first. The love does not change, but sin is the way we can prevent love of God. God's going to love us unconditionally. But that communion, that relationship between us is how we can screw things up by sinning. The amount that he loves us, you guys have seen this one, right? God loves us this much, right? The gap between Jesus' left hand and his right hand because God sacrificed his son to allow us to be here, to be in communion with him. His amount of love does not change, but the sin is the way we can prevent the love and the communion with God from occurring. This psalm advises us to confess through prayer and to reconnect with God. That process is only available through the blood of Christ. Because remember, back we said in in Hebrews, they were focused on the acronym LIT, right? Limited access, imperfect sacrifice, and temporary covering. Through Christ, we have a complete access. The curtain was ripped from top to bottom. We have a perfect sacrifice in Jesus, and it is a permanent covering. There's nothing that we can do to change those pieces. Right? But CPP is not nearly as cool an acronym as LIT. So. David's talking about how we reconnect with God. What are we doing right now? Are we keeping God at arm's length by continuing to sin? Or are we praying, confessing, and seeking his blessings daily? Let me read this, the psalm once more all the way through and focus on, on the doublets. Focus on, on the pattern and listen for it. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long from day and night. Your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt in my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the mule or the horse, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Today, I ask you to continue to pray. 
One of Joe's favorite phrases is that as Christians, it doesn't mean that we are sinless. It means that we are supposed to sin less and less. The less we sin, the more we are in communion with God, the closer we are with him. But when we sin, this psalm says that we are to confess, we are to give this to God, to reconnect that communion, and we do this through prayer. Join me in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I just thank you so very much for this beautiful psalm. Lord, I just thank you for David's heart, the way that he, he knows you and knows that he is he's waiting for your responses, your results first, before he sees your responses. Lord, that passion, that love he has for you, Lord, I just pray that that continues to grow in me, that I continue to understand you more and more through each time we commune and we pray. Lord, thank you for the results that you do bless us. You pour gifts on us, Lord, even things that we're not even aware that you've provided for us. Lord, the, all of the things that you superintend. I just ask that you continue to hold this church closely to you. Lord, your church, your, your people, not just in this building, but everywhere. Lord, I pray that we continue to have the opportunity that when we do sin, we stumble, we trip and fall and scrape our knees and our elbows, Lord, that, that while we're on our knees, we remember that this is a good position to come and talk to you. Lord, that we humble ourselves, that we confess our transgressions, Lord, and that we lay them at your feet. We haven't done anything that you're not already aware of, Lord, but you need us to to come and to admit to it, Lord, and to reconnect that, that friendship. Lord, for us to continue to seek you, your guidance, your praise, and most of all, your love. Lord, we don't deserve the love that you pour on us, Lord, but you do it anyway because you do love us. That is such a rewarding and, uh, and humbling statement. We just pray that you continue to bless us. Thank you so very much for this beautiful day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.